What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into another spooky movie. And this time, Roshane picked. He had the power. Yes, I and did. What a surprise we're doing a zombie movie. Who would have guessed? It was my choice, and we went back thought? to the zombie genre. No who, one saw that coming. Literally, who no one. Would have thunk. <laughs> That we'd be zombie adjacent. True. This is definitely it, infection. Not and, zombie. I'm kidding. I'm not one of those people. I promise. I don't care. You can call mm, them zombies. <laughs> yeah. You can call them whatever you want. Zombies, ragers, mm-hmm. infected. Ragers, actually, I kind of like. That's a that's kind of a fun ragers. term. <laughs> is that what they call? Like, is that what they call them? I don't think. I actually don't know, to be honest. Yeah. Um, fact they just refer to them as infected but they should have been calling them ragers because that just sounds a lot more fun and epic yeah so perhaps that's what we refer to them on today's episode um but so many 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 weeks post covering 28 days later yes we are now going to be covering 28 weeks later 28 weeks later. Yes. I, I will say, I think back when we were covering 28 Days Later, there was a part of me that really, for the effect, wanted to have the 28 Weeks Later come 28 weeks post that episode. Um, and so if that makes this episode better for you guys, just kind of pretend that that's what happened. Oh, dang. <laughs> we missed out. We did kind of miss out on an opportunity. I'm not even going to lie to you. Um, I am also trying. I am looking up currently when we when? did 28 Days Later. I <laughs> know we're way. Uh, yeah, was I was like, back. I know we're way past 28 weeks, but I just wanted to see in general when we covered that movie. Uh, June 28th, 2021. So, yeah, Oof. we are far past that. Far past. Um, but... Also, did you likewise have to look up how long 28 weeks was in the context of a year because admittedly i did i couldn't math it well enough. um i didn't but i did spend a little while at the beginning of the movie just trying to figure it out in my head um trying to remember in general how many weeks were in a year mm-hmm. and go from there but it's like it's like half a year yeah yeah it's about like six months and some change yeah so that's what i had decided in my head glad to see that <laughs> <laughs> that was about accurate um but i will say i am one of those people who kind of forgets that there was a sequel to 28 days later because this is my first time watching this movie nice and honestly kind of fair because i feel like this one is um not as like widely regarded as the first one yeah uh in terms of like i think there's a lot of differing opinions about whether or not this movie is good or not my opinion being in that realm of like i'm honestly not sure because i've watched this movie a couple times at this point now Mm -hmm. and i've never liked it as much as the original however Mm -hmm. i my feelings about it keep changing every time i watch it okay um so that's why that's one of the reasons i wanted to bring it to the table um one so i didn't forget to cover it at some point but two 
to also get an outside perspective on this movie because I've seen what the internet thinks of 28 weeks later, but I haven't gotten to sit down and get into the real nitty gritty of like what makes this movie good or not good, especially mm. from someone who isn't necessarily like as die hard of a 28 days later fan as I proclaim myself to be. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I'm I'm actually really interested to to see a your feelings about it and to just discuss it because I will say I think that's another reason that I haven't been clamoring to try and check this movie out is because although I have heard both sides, I've heard a bit more of a lot of people saying that the the first was better than the sequel, which it, at the end of the day doesn't really mean that much to me because I think a people feel that often about like sequels to movies that are so amazing on the first run where mm -hmm. you're like, how can we get better than this? I feel like honestly, that's just kind of the general consensus for a lot of those types of movies. And also because I am a pretty big fan of the first one. I would say I'm like not as much a fan of it as probably you are. Um, I do really like the first one, but I also kind of felt like I had gotten kind of the story in the first one so i didn't necessarily feel the need for a sequel yeah. and then as a result i wasn't that interested to see what they did with the sequel um but i was I, I, there wasn't that big it was like what five year gap between the first and this one mm -hmm. so i feel like they were still kind of in that same realm i was actually really surprised by how much the sequel kind of had that same feeling or like style as the first one which i guess is because i mean we were still in you know 2007 wasn't that big of a leap i guess cinematically from 2002 but still i actually was really surprised by how how much i felt like if i didn't know there was a big gap between them i wouldn't have thought that there was that many years like I wouldn't if you had told me I was like okay yeah 28 days later came out and then like a year later 28 weeks later came out I probably would have believed yeah. that to be fair oh, yeah I could see that too yeah I do think it's pretty impressive that this sequel was able to capture any of the style from the first one especially because it is a completely different crew working on this one um Danny Boyle and Alex Garland were involved, but they were more just on the side of pro uh, producing. So, like, they didn't really have a pull in terms of like directorial stuff. Um, however, I do say I, I do think Twenty Eight Weeks Later does a good job of paying homage to the first one in places where it needs to, while still definitely being its own movie. Like, things are definitely different in the sequel, and even though the style points are similar. The, I feel like the things that the movies go for are 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 different. Different, yeah. That no, I I agree with you on that. And and when did you see this movie? Like when did you first see it? I want to say I saw this not in theaters, but I saw this pretty soon after it came out. So maybe like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, possibly was the first time that I saw it. And then I think there was definitely several a several year gap before the next time I watched it because the first time didn't sit well with me. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, but then I went back and watched it several years later. I think this is either my third or fourth time watching it, probably third. Um, okay. But yeah, I did see this one pretty close to when it came out because I was 
of course, very hype about the idea of another 28 Days franchise movie. Um, so I was very excited to see it. But uh, it, mm, it, it has okay. been a little bit since the initial watch. Okay. No, that's fair. That's fair. I was. I guess I was just one. I was wondering if you had gotten like a theater experience. Because mm-hmm, no. um, I didn't get to see 28, 28 Days in theaters either, yeah, which kills that's me what inside. I, was wondering. I would love to have seen that one in theaters. That's when I would love to have it come back for those like special screenings. Mm-hmm. That'd be super um, cool. I think that'd be really cool to see that on the big screen. Um, but okay, well, let's, this will be interesting because we weren't doing a scare scale at the time that we recorded 28 days later. True. Um, so <laughs> we've never actually given our, our rating of how scary we think that movie is, but 28 weeks later, we are doing one. So on a scale one to five, five being the scariest, one being not scary at all. Um, 28 weeks later. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I can go first if you want. Okay. All right. I think I would give 28 weeks later probably a three on the scare scale. I think the tension scares from the first one aren't there as much in this one, minus a couple specific scenes. Um, but the sheer violence of the infected and the amount of gore that happens. And like, there are a couple jump scares and like really fast paced sequences that I think will scare some people. Um, So I'll put this one kind of down the middle at a three out of five. Okay. And then I am interested. What would you put 28 days later at? Oddly enough, that not that much higher. I actually think 28 (laughs) days later, maybe say it was like a three and a half out of five. But I think it's only like marginally scarier than this film. Um, Because honestly, both of them, it's like it just with a lot of our scare scale, it just depends on your um, your tolerance for scares. That's fair. Okay, yeah, I think I would actually put weeks at 2.5 because it doesn't have quite as many moments that took me by surprise, Mm -hmm. I guess, as days. There is a scary aspect to it. I think across the board for both of these movies, just the 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 speed of the ragers has always been very, very upsetting to me. Fast zombies are gonna get me every time, mm-hmm. everywhere, every place. Like I'm I'm gonna be weak of the knees for some fast zombies. Um, so that aspect of it always pretty scary and just how quickly this infection spreads. Um, however, like days I would put out a three like 3.5 probably because i do remember some moments in that one really shocking me and like Mm -hmm. really scaring me some some i don't know if you'd call them jump scares but moments i just think that there's more moments where the infected kind of took me by surprise in that movie whereas in this one i think it's a little bit more action focused so although the sequences are still tense there's not moments where um there's like oh what's behind this corner it's a lot more chase scenes um so i think that just kind of whittles down some of those opportunities for me to feel that same shock Mm. um so as a result that's the only reason it's a it's a 2.5 the the base story is still pretty scary to me but that's true not as many tense moments that's very true and but these ragers do not play though so um Mm -mm, they continue to be scary even in the sequel Mm mm-hmm Uh, But all right, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump right into it. So, homies, we are entering into spoiler territory, and you have been warned. 
But today, we are talking about 28 Weeks Later from 2007. This movie was directed by Juan Carlos Fresnadillo, written by Rowan Joff, Juan Carlos as well, along with Enrique Lopez Levine, and is starring Macintosh Muggleton as Andy, Imogen Poots as Tammy, Robert Carlyle as Don, Jeremy Renner as Doyle, Catherine McCormick as Alice, and Rose Byrne as Scarlet. 28 weeks after the rage virus ravaged the streets of London, the city and its people are ready to rebuild. But when a freak series of events leads to the re-emergence of the virus, it's up to two military officers to protect a small group of survivors and some vitally important cargo. Insert impromptu London field trips, sloppy infected kisses, and one family's journey to ruin everyone's lives here. Our film concludes with what's left of our group racing to an extraction site. Will they make it in time? Or will their last chance of survival fly off into the sunrise? Also, welcome to London. Roll credits. Okay. 28 weeks later. later. Yes, we are here. <laughs> Several weeks later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are here and we are in a whole new story. Truly. New cast of people. New, not location, but like kind of newish area of the location. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, a whole new take on this particular franchise. Same virus, um, but just different direction and different story beats. And so since it was your first time watching it, Erica, I am very much dying to know what is in your notebook. So the first note I wrote, <laughs> the first note I wrote, apparently I was upset. I wrote, that pissed me off. But I do know <laughs> what I was referring to. Um, it is when Alice and Don, our couple, our married couple, are making out in the kitchen. And the old lady walks in and she's like, I hope I'm not interrupting. <laughs> it's like, obviously you are. Clearly. I think I, it just pissed me off that she said it like, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, you could have just been like, excuse me. Like, <laughs> hey, guys, I'm in here. But she stands there for a minute while they're making out and then goes, am I interrupting something? It's like, yeah, obviously. You are making, you're interrupting us mid make out in mm-hmm. the middle of the, of the pandemic or whatever they're calling this <laughs> situation here. Like, obviously our sexy time is limited. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. let me kiss my husband. Yeah, so no disrespect to her. I do realize later that it is her, actually the old woman's house. Yeah. It's like, so, this is her house, <laughs> yeah. her rules. So she has a little, but I'm not going to lie for the beginning of the movie. I thought we were at Dawn and Alice's house. It, it like took me a while to realize, like even when the kids go back to it, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. I know he says, oh, we were at a wee little cottage, whatever. So I guess they just had traveled out there. Yeah. Right? They the just scuffle. they just made it out there. That mm-hmm. that's honestly very fair because I I do remember the first time I watched this movie, I had some of these similar questions of like I thought that that was their house, um, 
And then I also, seeing as it was a sequel to 28 Days Later, I always thought that this took place after the events of the first film, at least like this first sequence. But it doesn't. This is at the mm-hmm. beginning of the infection, which they mm-hmm. do clarify. I think just the first time I watched it, I kind of glossed over it um, with all the things happening in that opening sequence. Right. Understandably so. So, yes, this takes place sometime within the time frame in the beginning, probably a couple of like maybe like a week, a week and a half into the because it seems like a li- enough time has passed that enough survivors have gone to this place um you know they've traveled from their home to this place they're running out of food that's true. Or on the way of running out of food and one of the girls who was there her boyfriend has been gone for a few day, a, a, like a five days or so he left and he never came back so it's like there's enough time that they're very aware of the situation but not too much time where they know really what's going on especially because you have the little boy who comes and i doubt he's been just running around yeah. for weeks <laughs> weeks by himself but i guess we also don't know how long it took for his parents to get infected so they could have maybe been okay for a little bit yeah yeah and then something happened to them yeah so it's like (laughs) within the first few weeks post the first infection (laughs) that makes sense i will say that there was a note that i wrote and then immediately crossed it out in regards to the boy of like so you've been running for 28 weeks and then (laughs) Like I knew, I knew I was wrong about yeah. that, so I immediately uh, or cross it out. But yeah, I he's on his, his like, Forrest Gump shit. Yeah, like, how long you've been running, little dude? Um, yeah, but I, I, I will say the the opening sequence is one of the highlights of this film for me. It always has been. Um, if you've ever had conversation with me about the Twenty Eight franchise, you'll know that I think this is one of my favorite opening sequences. Um, just with the sheer chaos of things. I do think as far as the genre goes, it do, it does do some things differently in a fun way. Like it puts a lot of the moral questions very much at the beginning, like starting with the boy of like, would you let them in or not? Which would you have let them in, Erica? I mean, uh, yeah, I probably honestly would have. I will say they're a little bit, Lucy goosey with just immediately letting him in and not trying to get more information from him right away mm-hmm. but i do think i would because that's the thing about this infection is it spreads so quickly that it's like he would have been if he was infected he would have been infected right. he would have been different at that point so i would have been that's fine but um i would have maybe questioned a little bit more about if any of them were following him how far away had he run from you know things like that were as they kind of wait a little bit longer to start to ask him those questions but i would let the kid I'd let him in uh, yeah, it's a kid like i, I likewise I, I was kind of curious uh, whether um, or not you were heartless Uh. (laughs) (laughs) not yet i'm not but i will say the alternative title of this movie could have been 28 weeks later the kids fuck it all up (laughs) facts facts absolute facts i'm i was irritated (laughs) through the film (laughs) um but so you have that moral choice which you know uh, clearly parts of the group are against it by parts of the group i mainly mean jacob who this watch i have to admit like Jacob is, of course, the asshole character in the group and his is portrayed in that way. Um, but my man's was making good points this mm-hmm. time around. And like, although he was an asshole about it, 
I do think his survival instinct was very clear. And like he was one of those people that you might not like him, but he's probably a great addition to your zombie crew because he clearly gets the rules. Yeah. He knows what you got to do to stay safe. Um, and when shit does hit the fan, he is immediately jumping into action to get out of there. Yeah, yeah, to get out of there because um, <laughs> Jacob is very much a realist. He, but he also has no tact. Uh, he kind of just says things the way that they are, rather than being cognizant of people's emotions. Which I understand in this sort of a situation. Eventually, you would kind of get maybe tired of people's emotions for very specific things because, like I said, we do have a girl whose boyfriend is gone, and she's very much convinced that he's going to be back. And Jacob is basically like, your boyfriend is dead. <laughs> uh, he's dead. He's not coming back. Move on. It's time. It's time it. to look for a new chapter. Yeah. Um, which is true, but I do think it's just the way that he goes about it that is uh, very much affects her uh, emotionally. But yeah, so we get into this opening sequence where everything pops off because like i said they do not question the boy uh but we do find out when they do finally start asking him questions that he was he was being chased and he yeah. did run to a bunch of different houses before he found them and they were the only ones that actually answered all the other houses were empty so he kind of leads uh, a horde of ragers to the house which isn't his fault you know he wasn't no. trying to do so but it it does happen um we also have uh what the girl <laughs> some of these people i didn't even write their names down i wrote alice's name down and then almost felt the need to immediately cross it out but i'm glad <laughs> that i didn't <laughs> because uh, she actually survives longer than i anticipated but the girl that's in here is wistful over her boyfriend and goes to look through the window and gets caught. And then from there on, it's just Madness. infection time. <laughs> so Jacob, the, it's very clear that there was a plan in place for if this were to happen, there was a plan. Mm -hmm. Like this is what we need to do. So Jacob immediately jumps into that plan. He gets, he does try to help yeah, the girl. Yeah, I was going to say, like, he does actually yes. assist despite the fact that he is an asshole. Yeah. Um, but once that's over, he's gone. And then it's just Don who's kind of <laughs> trying to, like, hold back the zombies and give them enough time to leave. But Alice, so the boy runs. I, yeah. And I get it. He's a kid. He's scared. He doesn't know the plan. He doesn't. Mm -hmm. He's not been here. He just runs up because I, you know, just to get away. He runs up. Everybody else runs into the barn. And because he runs up, Alice follows him. Okay. Okay. Fine. Whatever. Alice wants to help. He's just a little kid. I get it. Alice is a mom. She's maternal. But once you got upstairs and you couldn't find him, it's time to wrap it up. And like the fact that he was just in the closet and he heard her trying to find him. That's what irritated me. Because I'm like, you see her looking for you. Why did you wait to come out until the very last minute? Yeah. And why, if you're going to hide in the closet, hide in the closet. Why is the door open? You know <laughs> how to hide. <laughs> You've played hide and seek before. Yeah, don't half hide. Commit. If you're going to be in the closet, <laughs> be in the closet. Like, don't be peeking out like, oh. And so because they waste all of this time, like Don, and even still, Don didn't have to, but he goes upstairs to get Alice. He's like, girl, come on. What are you, what are you doing? We got to go. Yeah. 
And then the zombies come into the room, kind of get in the middle of them. And Alice is like, Dawn, help us. Girl. What's he going to do? Girl, goodbye. <laughs> it, that's the point where it's played off. And, you know, Dawn obviously feels s- such gu- guilt and regret over it. Um, and understandably so, you know, that's his wife. That's the love of his life, whatever. But it's her fault. <laughs> it, I, I, it's, it's, there's nothing, there's nothing you could do because either it was both of you guys die or one of you die. And mm-hmm. we do know that their kids are alive. So yeah. there is a plan to reconnect with their children. And so instead of both of them dying, Don leaves. And once again, he tries to save Jacob. Jacob, <laughs> Jacob tries to jump on the boat. He promptly misses. misses. <laughs> Like, Mrs. falls straight into the water. He was doing so good. He was doing so good. (laughs) Jacob was killing it. He was, like, in the boat. He was getting all the stuff done. Um, I don't know why he waited to start. Because I'm like, you could have started the boat, even if you didn't go away yet. Mm-hmm. He, you you could have started the boat, but yeah, he he tries to jump from the dock into the boat, and like, his foot slips or something, and he falls in the water. Don even still tries to save him, and it doesn't work. So it's it's an unfortunate situation, but I do think it yeah plays on that idea of it's a moral dilemma. Do you fight till the death to protect the people that you love, even if you know that it's kind of not gonna work out Mm -hmm. or do you try and preserve yourself because that there is a better chance of that working out and i think that don did what most people would do now granted there are some people who would probably have kind of laid down their lives to save alice and the little boy that is a stranger but (laughs) also at the same time even if don had done something in that situation they all still would have been they would they would have all gotten infected Yeah. yeah um so it's just one of those things where like even the first time watching through i was like damn that is a savage move but that's the move that needs to be made in those in those circumstances um it doesn't i think take away from it at all which i do like is like even with the knowledge that he's making the right choice that scene still stings to me even a third time around just like the look back her Mm -hmm. at the window just getting yanked away i think is a great uh little bit of imagery there And I think what this opening sequence does really well in terms of the franchise in general is just a very quick, easy reminder of how brutal of a virus the rage virus is. Mm -hmm. Um, Because unlike other infections where you take a bite and you're um, slowly dying for several days to weeks, like this is 20 seconds, 20 seconds of contact. And boom, you are one of them instantly. There's right. no time to process, think nothing. Which is ideal. If I'm in a situation like this, I'd rather just change as quickly as possible. Mm. Like, don't have me there for hours getting all sick, getting throwing <laughs> up, like itchy, scratchy, nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, <laughs> diarrhea. Like, don't have me go through hours of that just to change into it and have me try and make a decision. Oh, do I change? Do I do I kill myself? No, no, no. Just go ahead and change me. <laughs> like, <laughs> just change me. It's a wrap. It's fine. And then, you know, we move on. But, yeah, I actually really, really liked this opening. I was it's, really it's excited good, after that It's a good opening. opening. It's great. You have the score come yeah. in and takes you right back into that 28... The 28 verse, yeah. <laughs> you get right back in there and you're like, oh, yeah. And yeah, it's a great moment because I do think that 
it's important to have characters like this where they're not bad people. It's just a different world and mm-hmm. you're going to have to make some tough decisions and you're not going to have everybody that you love survive. It's it's kind of like Selena in the first one mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. Selena consistently has to make tough decisions, but they're the best decisions for her because yeah. you can't allow your emotions to affect you so much where you're willing to put yourself in danger for every single person that you come across that's how you die Mm -hmm. and so i do think that it works really well in this regard because we do see a couple who has a very very obviously loving great relationship and this is the last thing that they wanted but like i said they do have kids and they i think at the end of the day it don makes the best decision for his family um, in the grand scheme of things. And like I said, Alice, there was a plan in place. Yeah, you, <laughs> there was you went simply, off you can't do what? <laughs> Girl, that's the whole reason for an emergency protocol plan. Yeah. You follow it. Nah. I get it. I get it. You like the kid, you like but the you kid. barely know this boy. Yeah, she, You like the kid. She doesn't know if her kids are alive. She believes they're okay because they're not in the zone. But she's like, I don't know if I'm ever going to see my kids again. I do feel for the like motherly sense in her, I guess, that may be pushing her to try and save this kid. But you were just making all the wrong choices, Alice. Yeah. Truly. And yeah. And I, I say that I probably it, in the situation, I understand the need to like want to try and protect kids because they don't know how to react in these types of situations. But the way that these kids, the kids throughout this entire movie there's only three of them and all three of them pissed me off that's not that's not okay because because they really were kind of messing some stuff up so Mm -hmm. yeah but we get this situation and then we get um kind of a timeline of what Mm -hmm. happens in the world and this also is confirmation it was an idea in the first one but this one confirms that the infection was specific to um england yeah yeah it was a isolated event um that i think actually i i'm i flip-flop on this whether or not i think the full spread virus versus the quarantine viruses i like more i think in this circumstance it works because it does give us the groundwork for Mm -hmm. the events of this film and like the idea of like rebuilding and all that stuff um but sometimes i do just like seeing the virus go global and just wipe everything out um i feel like it changes the game and the rules but um, yeah, this one, it's an isolated event. Um, what I also enjoy is how the rage virus continues to separate itself from your normal like zombification, where it's this one, they are infected, they do move and operate for the most part like zombies, but they are still people. Um, so the fact that five weeks after things hit, all of them die because they are starving to death, which is something that was already introduced in the first film but like i just like that idea i think that that's a fun addition to the typical genre stuff where it's like there is actually a finite time that this virus can exist because people aren't just going to continue to live forever right and and we do see that in this movie that they're the virus is seemingly eradicated it just kind of dies off on its own there are no more people that are infected and so what i do like about this being an isolated incident is that it gives the opportunity to see how they would rebuild with 
everything at their disposal because it's one thing when like it does wipe out the entire world and so when they do rebuild it's still very much just regular people trying to rebuild this world but i do think it's interesting to see like okay we still have outside resources we still have people that can come in and actually help us legitimately rebuild london and Mm -hmm. kind of start fresh start anew and so i do think that that was actually a really cool idea and a cool thing to dive into because we do see that they bring in the american military of course it's the us of a coming through yeah so then they were like oh great we can get jeremy renner (laughs) renner in here we can get um well actually never mind because we get idris elba but obviously he's not from the american i think yeah i think both him and Scarlet are what they took from London, but mm-hmm. then like the the I feel like the like manpower they took from America, but <laughs> they still have like people from London running the show, is seemingly what I what I got. <laughs> sure, we'll say that that's the case because yeah. uh, at this point in the career, it just you ain't hiding that that uh that London twang, my friend. It, nah. It's in there. It's in there deep. It's in there. And I said, oh, okay. We got Idris. What a treat. He's not in a ton of it, but he is the leader of the, uh, what is it? The zone, District 1. Mm-hmm. District 1 is what they what they call the new area that they're bringing civilians back into. And so we get to see Andy and Tammy who are Don and Alice's children. Mm-hmm. They come back from, I guess they were on a trip to Spain. They've just <laughs> had like a prolonged vacation and they get to come back and they reunite with Don, who is kind of the caretaker, the leader, or not the, like the maintenance leader of He's the maintenance one. man. Come on. Yeah, he's, but he's, he's the, su- the charge. He's, he's in charge, but he's the super janitor. Come he's on. He's the maintenance king. Let's <laughs> give him a little something something. He's I, got some power. I, I did love that joke bit in there. Oh, so you're the caretaker. No, no, no. I run shit, okay? Right. You you explain your job to kids anytime or yeah. any day of the week. Yeah. And he was like, I run this place. You better you better recognize I mean he does have the penthouse. Yeah. <laughs> uh they do give him a good a good spot. But so first of all, I hate that eye shit when they come back in and all the kids have to sit down and do like a little eye test. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, I hate that. <laughs> was it just like na- uh, nails on a chalkboard for you? <laughs> yeah, I just am really bad with eye stuff. Like looking into people when they have in a movie where it's like a severe close up of someone's eye, even mm-hmm. if nothing's happening. That's why anything and they, they do that a lot in both this and days. There's like a lot of eye stuff because it's kind of like the first show of change for the mm-hmm. infection. <laughs> oh, but it just makes my eyes water every single yeah. time. It's true. God forbid somebody ever has to put a camera close up on my eyes. You're never Dude, getting that shot. I Unless can't, it's supposed to be a waterfall. It's not happening. I go, I dead ass go cross-eyed. My <laughs> eyes start to water. I can't stop blinking. When they do that air puff thing, mm-hmm. the amount of times that it takes is actually <laughs> disgusting. I'm embarrassed. I'm like sobbing by the time we're done. I'm always like, did you get it? And they're like, almost there. They're like, this but, girl's got mad rage. Take her dude, out right now. <laughs> honestly, they would have had to, they probably would have killed me because she would have been trying to focus the thing on my eye. I would have been like, Ugh! like my eye would have been just flying all over the map. I'd have been crying. She'd have been like, uh, guys, 
we have a code red. <laughs> we got a code red up here in the in the intake center. And I'll be like, damn. But we meet basically the whole crew. We've got Scarlett, who is like the medical. Like lead medical Chief. person. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Doyle, who is part of the. Like rooftop security. The, 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 the snipers. Sniper, the snipers. Yeah, the sniper squad. Um, Andy and Tammy, who are the kids, of course, and then Stone, who is Idris Elba, who is in charge of the whole Operation, army side yeah. of things. Of yeah, the course, his side. name would be fucking Stone. Idris yeah. Elba, why are you so cool, bro? Fucking stop it. It's not yeah. fair. Get out of here. Yeah. I, won't, I just once I'd love to see you play just a guy. <laughs> <laughs> just a guy. But not I just guess. Just a guy fighting a lion. Just, not just a guy. guy. Fighting a lion. Not just a guy dating Beyonce. <laughs> just a guy. <laughs> but um, so. I I was worried. I was a little bit worried. Although this is a cool premise, I was a little like, eh, because this, I guess I just was wondering where we would go from this point in time. Yeah. And so that I think honestly is maybe my biggest gripe with this film. I don't love the whole Tammy and Andy sneaking out and that being kind of the inciting incident was very, very hard for me to get on board for because what the fuck? First of all, these two kids who have just moved in, why was it so easy for them to to get out? It's nonsensical that they are able to sneak out. However, every time I watch it, I try and give it a little bit more grace and think like, okay, how does this happen? Because I, likewise, there are a lot of things moving basically from this point on that plot-wise still bug me and like Mm -hmm. still don't make any sense to me. Um, The one grace I will give for the kids actually sneaking out is the fact that perhaps people stationed here are so used to nothing happening ever that it's just one of those circumstances where it's like, we have been standing out here on this bridge for the past X amount of weeks and we ain't seen nothing but pigeons, you know? So it's like, you know, that brief period during your work day where you just are, you know, you're zoned out. Maybe you're halfway through. You're just not clocking things. Mm-hmm. Perhaps that is how these two guards did not see them. Um, right. And the other bit of grace that I will give is that although they successfully get past the bridge and break out into the streets of London, Doyle still catches them. Like, mm-hmm. the sniper very quickly sees that somebody is moving out of the pl- out of the place. So, like, they did get caught. It's just the people who were supposed to catch them, for whatever reason, didn't catch them. And I think that's the thing that's really hard to get past. Right. It's, yeah, Doyle sees them and calls it in right away. And, of course, we do know that there is a little bit of this feeling of there is no cause for concern anymore. There is nothing out there anymore. The streets are empty. It is dead of whatever. But then, but then they get back home. And 
first of all, the whole reason for them sneaking out pissed me off. Like, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) I get you're upset and you you wish you had a photo of your mom, what have you. I just don't think it was that necessary to try and be sneaky about it because I don't I don't I wish there was more of a reason for them to want to keep that a secret because nowhere has the dad see all he says is we can't move back into our house it's not like he said oh we can't ever go back there we can't do this we can't do that but they just decided to take upon themselves whatever their kids i guess um also privileged ass kids let me tell you (laughs) oh my gosh also um i do love the scene where he sits down and explains to them what happened and he slightly bends the truth but for the Mm -hmm. most part he wasn't totally off base because he did see her get yanked away and it's easy and so assumed that she had been bitten. Now, the yeah. one thing he lied about was he made it seem like by the time he got to her, she was already getting attacked when Yeah. He very conveniently left out the part where he straight ran. ghosted her in real life. Right. He also says uh, that he tried that he tried to come back, which he also did not. <laughs> he was zooming away on a boat. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, I do like that scene because I feel like you can tell that he really, really is gar- like harboring some intense guilt about what has been done. And this is the first time that he's had to really try and explain what happened to someone and kind of spin mm-hmm. it to his benefit. So um, that was a good scene. But yeah, so they sneak out to go get a picture from the house and just, just go see the house, get some of their stuff. And while they're there... They find Alice. And this is another thing that I was a little bit confused on. So Alice, we find out, is asymptomatic. She has been bitten, but and she does carry the disease. So she's not immune, but she is asymptomatic. And so has not had any of that rage that the virus causes. She is still herself, question mark. I was just a little bit confused about... I I guess she is just the way that she is because of the circumstances around the world. But I couldn't understand if she did still get some effects from being bitten or if that was just the way that she was because of being alone for 28 weeks. Right. And like, I think it's a little muddy, not going to lie, but... I could imagine so. And I feel like with the whole sequence of like, oh, you're hurting me and like doing the tight squeeze and everything. I do think it's implied, which I is fine. You just have to make a choice about it. Right. Because if she has the virus, but it's not fully taking over her. However, she does still get some like ticks or like there are some side effects to it. Like it's still attacking her body in some way. I do think that's fine as long as you're consistent about it. Mm -hmm. But like her level of, I guess, deterioration does feel like it changes throughout the course of like her containment. Once we like find her again, like there are times where she's like very almost feral. Then other times where she is completely herself again, minus maybe like a little shaken up, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing I think that I was unsure of because even later when we see Andy get bit I couldn't tell if he was just upset because of the situation or if the biting did affect him it's like because of what else is happening in the story I don't ever know if the bite is what is causing this shift in their personality or if they're just having post-traumatic 
stress yeah like it's very hard to tell because everything that's happening andy just got bit but also his dad just got taken out his his sister just had to kill his dad so um is he just upset (laughs) or is he seriously (laughs) yeah or is he sick i cannot tell and i also cannot tell with the mom um and that was one thing that i did want to get clarified a little bit more for me, I wish we had maybe had a little bit more time with the mom um, before things went bad, just to see more about the effects that this had had on her. Or even if they had had the situation where she got to talk to her kids just like through the wall, kind of like how yeah. uh, Dawn talked to the kids. I wish mm-hmm. that they maybe had a moment like that with the mom. Because even when Dawn comes in, once again, why is nobody guarding her? That's that's the next big nonsensical thing. The fact that Don, even with all of his access, can make it into that room completely unguarded with the one infected person in, as far as we know, all of Britain or the world. (laughs) Yes, the entire globe is in that room. And you're telling me the guards are out to lunch? Come on now. Like... Because Stone, when Stone finds out that she is in fact infected but just asymptomatic scarlet is like oh she's very important we need to keep her because her blood could be the answer whatever and stone is basically like burn that bitch to the ground like (laughs) he doesn't give a fuck he's like go in there chop her up put her in the blender (laughs) throw her in the river i don't care and the fact that it was that big of a deal and at that point in time before scarlet discovers that she is asymptomatic they don't know if she's infected or not. They see a bite on her arm. And like so they don't really know what's happening. The fact that they would just leave. And no, and not even just one posted up. Not a not even the one. intern posted up at the door, just <laughs> watching the door, like truly. It makes no fucking sense that she is so unguarded. And so like <laughs> that's I mean, that really leads into, like, we'll still talk about these things, but, like, one of the big difficulties I have every time I watch this movie is those two plot points are so important. Mm. The kids making it out to find their mom, and then Don being able to have this alone time with Alice are key to this story. But they make no goddamn sense, man. I really think there could have been little tweaks that could have (laughs) really really just fixed fixed the situation maybe if they had had the kids get out a different way because really they didn't have to sneak out even if they had just gone back to the house they would have found alice so they didn't even need to sneak away if they had even just been escorted to the fucking house then (laughs) they would have found alice regardless and secondly I do think that there was a way that they could have made it been either have been more of a mission to get to her or even if they had thought that she wasn't infected and then found out later that she actually was. So she had already been kind of like released back to her family. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know, just something because I just it just it just pissed me off that he just walked right in and was like, I was sorry i was like what you're able to have a whole tearful reunion so then they kiss made sure to let us see a lot of saliva swirling in that 
swirling in that mouth so we knew (laughs) we knew it was being transferred and also side note i just wanted to say i love robert carlisle i know a lot of people know him from train spotting but Mm -hmm. i know him as rumpelstiltskin from once upon a time (laughs) and i just love him i think that he's such a good actor he is he's honestly fantastic he's great he's such a good emotional actor he's a Mm -hmm. very very good at you can read every single emotion that he is trying to portray on his face. He's very, very good at being like that kind of sad, like skulky person, but also being really fucking scary, which actually works very well in this film because he does have to play both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so they make out. This is another thing that I was a little unsure about. So they kiss. Yeah. Right after they kiss, he's like, oh, I got the ick. He, he's like, oh, I'm sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am sick. And so he starts freaking out, throwing up, bashing his head. And I'm a little bit confused by Alice's reaction because it's like at first I thought, oh, she did that on purpose. Yeah. I was like, oh, she did. She knew he was going to get infected. She like wanted to, to punish him for what he did, mm-hmm. which girl, okay. Uh, she wanted to punish him. But then... She starts getting really scared and freaked out and she like is can almost frightened by what is happening and like confused by the change that's happening. What is happening? Like, oh, I just don't understand what she was. I I, I half of it is that she knew what was going to happen. And then mm-hmm. the other reaction feels like she didn't know that was going to happen. Right. And I think that it is not cut and dry either way. Um, cause I, I too struggle with that because for the longest time, and I think for most of my watches, I've always considered that the pettiest kiss of all time <laughs> where, where she's just, you know, like, oh, I could tell you not to kiss me, but now mm-hmm. go ahead. Get a little bit of that, that spit real quick. <laughs> but I feel like this time watching it, I, I lean towards, she was just, in the moment and like Mm -hmm. she was obviously restrained to a bed so there's not really much she could do to stop it and like although understandably so she would be pissed at dawn after their last meet um perhaps seeing him again and just knowing that both he and her kids are there she's just maybe excited at the idea of having a family again so perhaps the kiss is honestly pure and it's just like a all right go ahead for the kiss but yeah, I, I I think the way that she reacts and like the fear that she has after that moment, that that's what really pushes me into that direction mm-hmm. to think that like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was just... just I was in it. He kissed me. Then things got wild. Right. I don't know. Um, though I do think it's more fun if you think that it was on purpose, because that just makes the whole movie so catty. (laughs) Right. But I'm just, even if that's the case, I don't know. I want to, it is funny to think of it being on purpose, especially the look that she gives. She gives him some stank. She does not look like she gives a fuck. She is just staring at him like, ugh, you made me sick. That's the way that she's looking at him. Then it transfers. I just feel like, even if you were wanting to be petty, the cons of doing that highly outweigh the pros and like your kids are still here Mm -hmm. so that's why that's the only reason that i i lean more towards i assume that and also this is this has never happened there's never been someone that's been asymptomatic so i would chance to say that she maybe didn't know that she could still spread it yeah um because yeah maybe she just thought she was immune 
in some yeah. way like and she thought of she was kicking it and so she was like yeah i'll kiss my husband whatever um maybe she just thought it was funny that he was i don't know throwing up i, I do i don't know i don't really know but regardless he 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 fucks her up like after he turns he like which hit, that's he, petty <laughs> that's so that's petty, petty. And it's wild because this is the first time that we really get to see things kind of from a perspective of a rager. Mm -hmm. We kind of get to see how their mind works and see how they attack people in more clarity than we did get to see in days. Mm -hmm. Because in days, lots of times you were cutting from those things because like once someone started getting attacked, that wasn't the important thing. We were moving on. Whereas in this one, you really get to kind of see things from Don's perspective and you get to see him kind of really take these people out. And it's, it is wild because yeah, it's basically just fighting, just really intense fighting. And you can see, it's interesting because you get to see kind of what fuels his rage and what fuels his rage is that last moment when he left her like that. It's it's strange because it feels like that moment of guilt turned more rage. into an anger, yeah. probably towards himself. But because of the way this virus works, that rage is being used on other people. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that I, I liked that. I thought that that was cool. Now it's because it's like, oh, so every single person has a very specific rage. Yeah. And I think this time around, too, for me, it helped out with the whole um, omnipresence and like him moving forward from here, like chasing down his kids and stuff, mostly for the fact that like, why is he doing it? Like, why is he kind of ignoring people and just trying to make a beeline for Andy and them? Um, And I think they, they do explain a little bit in their um, mini doc on this where, yeah, the Ragers do have some, tiny little bit of logic left in them to mm-hmm. like latch onto certain ideas and thoughts so yeah alice was attached to a very grief uh anger stricken moment for him which led to his aggression towards towards her and then now he knows that his kids are there and probably the last thing on his little infected brain is i need to find my kids not to for a good reason but just mm-hmm. the idea of like what is driving his infected character now? I must find my kids. And that is what he is doing for the rest of the movie. Right. Which, even though that is also how I justified it in my mind, is a little bit hard for me to get on board with. Agreed. Just because Agreed. it just, when he starts popping up, it, I, I think the most egregious moment for me is when that whole section where they're trying to um, avoid the shooter mm-hmm. and he pops up only to disappear it's like come on now miss me with the michael myers because (laughs) it does not track for any other instance we have ever had in this film yeah to for him to just be fucking with them is it just feels out of nature i can understand because i don't think that that tracks for that much control, that much logic, yeah, I no, have a hard time I, believing he wouldn't have just been like, I'm going to fuck you up right now. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And yeah. like, I'm being very gracious with like the explanation <laughs> there uh, because it's not consistent. And especially yeah. with the idea, too, that under these current circumstances, Don doesn't have anything that would make him particularly special in regards to the virus. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, Alice and Andy have this immunity to it in some way, shape or form. But as far as everyone else is concerned, Don is the same as any other person. 
So yeah. he should be acting like any other person once they get the rage virus. He shouldn't be this, like you said, logical in mm-hmm. his movements and stuff. There, there's been nothing laid down to support that. Right. Yeah, because it's obviously it's Alice's blood that is important. Therefore, her kids have her blood. But yeah, Don ain't shit in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> he is not special. And so when he just starts, I I, I could still see maybe him really latching on. But I, I pref- it's when he kind of more so stumbles upon them and locks on them. I prefer that than him navigating the streets of London as the only rager to come and find his kids. Like even later when he finds them in the train station, it's like, I, I'm fine with it. But also, yeah, that means that you have literally just been walking around the streets of London to find your kids. And I don't know, maybe you you're connected to them in some way. Um, Maybe you can smell their blood or some shit. I don't know. But yeah, it was a little bit silly for me. I, I was okay with it be, just because I liked seeing, I liked having Dawn be kind of this constant antagonist. But when I thought about it too much, it was a little silly. It's true. <laughs> it makes it, it makes it worse. Um, But I guess this leads into the rest of the movie, which is basically a like escape film yeah escape from escape <laughs> from, from london <laughs> yeah basically escape from district one is what the rest <laughs> of the film becomes and specifically a we've got to like a we've got to protect these kids because they might be the key to our future although they are story. the reason all of this shit is happening Did, yeah <laughs> Yeah, even though they're the reason that this all popped off, we have to protect them with our lives. Um, Particularly Scarlet is very, very much set on. I'm going to make sure these kids get out of here with every fiber of my being. Um, And, uh, you know, I do think that there is, although I question a lot of the movements that are made within this film regarding what they did to prepare for the situation. I do think with Stone, we see a character that is very naive with their cockiness and thinking, oh, we've come in and saved the day and we've taken care of everything and like nothing will ever slip by us. He very much gives that feeling of like, well, we fixed it once. If anything were to happen, we're going to immediately fix it again, which is just unrealistic Mm -hmm. in a situation like this. And it's very clear that they really didn't have a protocol in place besides code red, which is literally just like, we might just have to kill everybody. Like that's what code red boils down to because I'm, it's very clear that they really were pretty, pretty positive of the fact that this was never going to occur again and that they had a basically totally safe area. And, the fact that they didn't even really have a proper lockdown in place because what basically all they do is just get every single person in one area. They lock them in with like fucking zip ties. Like yeah. basically. <laughs> basically. Because when they really wanted to open that door, they opened that door pretty easily. <laughs> it was easy. It was they basically just had to push with all the whole palm of their hand <laughs> and the door opened and they were inside. Yeah. So it's very clear that they didn't have any lockdown in place. 
And then once that went wrong, which it was very, it's their only options were, oh, we kill every single infected before we get to this point. And then once they got to that point, even though they made it seem like, oh, shoot for the infected, they very quickly turned into shoot everybody on site. Yeah. Because, like, are you really going to trust? I mean, I don't know how long these snipers have been in the business, but you're trusting the fate of the rest of humanity to these individuals. Right. Individually piecing out who was infected and who was not yeah. in the dead of night. Which screaming running person is not <laughs> infected and which screaming running person is infected? That is what you asked them <laughs> to discern. One of these people is not like the other is the game that they were playing. <laughs> and you're like, good luck. When they said that, only shoot the infected, I was mind boggled. Right. But it, it makes sense. And like, that's the thing that's like, logically, that makes sense. And like, I would oh, hope right. that despite how dumb of an idea that is that that would be in place to be the next step right is like try right. and save the people um i'm here for that but yeah it's just like clearly a, that's gonna fail it's a wild request <laughs> but so as soon as everything pops off and scarlet tries to get the kids out it's so funny because as soon as i heard her say oh oh andy hold on to my hand i knew andy was gonna get right. lost you don't have to tell you don't have to the only time you have to tell somebody to make sure they remember to hold on to your hand is if it's a person that you know is gonna run away and get lost yes it is it's like that drunk <laughs> friend where you have to say okay make sure you stay with us it's because you know that they're gonna fucking you're gonna turn around and they're gonna be gone yeah and the amount of times that andy just fucking runs off <sighs> this it's kid exhausting is it's so exhausting <laughs> granted yeah, he gets a couple extra kudo points for the sniper sequence and, like, having more balls than the guy to just run out there yeah. and get stuff done. But also, like, my guy, if you got shot, all of this was for absolutely nothing. nothing. <laughs> right. But I actually prefer him. I preferred Andy to Tammy. Tammy, because to me, Tammy was older and she should have known better. Mm -hmm. And I was very frustrated by the way that she handled the immediate situation of kind of acting like nothing was that big of a deal and i was also just frustrated by the way that she as the movie went on and things were just a little bit more dire she grew on me because she couldn't really mess things <laughs> mess things up yeah. but earlier on she was just getting very upset about things that didn't feel that important in the moment to me and was bugging me more so than andy who is was a little bit more proactive about trying to get out of the situations that they were in. Mm -hmm. It's the thing is, and this has been the case every single time. It's still the case now. It's like when it gets to this half of the movie, this is where I check out. And this is where mm -hmm. it bugs me because I feel like some of that magic from the original is lost because we kind of slip into the action movie territory. It gets very resident evil for me where mm -hmm. it's like, all right, we've established the infected, the zombies, whatever. Now it's the military's turn to do things. And like, all right, now we got zombies and military. This is where we, I think, always get into the generic pool of just zombie. You've seen this already. Mm -hmm. And I think that really feels like the case, barring some couple extraneous circumstances with this film, is 28 Days Later wasn't like the most groundbreaking zombie film of all time but it did do some things interesting and different and i think this movie starts doing things interesting and different in the beginning 
But once we get into this escape portion, it gets very generic. And mm. although during this section of the film, there are some cool sequences, there are some dope action sequences, there's also some great visuals across the board. I do think this movie is absolutely beautiful. Um, but when you slip into now just generic zombie story with not only that, but you have characters that I already don't like because all of this is their fault mm -hmm. anyway, it mm -hmm. just makes it hard as for me as the viewer to care about the stakes of the situation. Because I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, sure, I want them to get extracted. I want them to make it to the ending spot. But also, like, the whole reason you're going to this extraction spot is because you couldn't wait an extra week to go back home. So like, right. Eh, you know, it's hard for me to care. Like I, I care about Doyle and like, I <laughs> promptly gets like roasted, like roasted a marshmallow alive. dude. Yeah. yeah. Like Doyle at least has enough character arc to him. And with the time that we spend with him, we get to see various sides of him. So like he ends up leaving us as a pretty like strong, heroic character. But I feel like the rest just kind of feel like they're along for the ride mm -hmm. on a ride yeah. that I don't necessarily want to be on. Yeah. You know, and I like I like Scarlet as and well. And Scarlet too. Yeah. Let me let me give credit to Scarlet as well because Scarlet has some great moments and story mm -hmm. beats too. Yeah. Um, though her death is disrespectful, both Dude. in the way that it happens and kind of in the way that it's shot too. I, I do think that was one <laughs> sequence that was. Um, a little misdirected. So, okay, yeah, let's get into both of their deaths. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, let's just let's get crank out all of the survivors' deaths really quick because sure, sure, I sure, I sure. do think they're all worth talking about. So first, we have Sam, mm -hmm. who, <laughs> who, um, absolutely freaking out, flustered, uh, decides to hop onto a helicopter that is attempting to fly away from him <laughs> because he's like, "Bitch, you ain't leaving me." And I do like this sequence. I like the whole um, helicopter chopping up all of it's the great, zombies on the way out and Flynn trying to help in some way after kind of leaving them behind, um, which is another thing. I know we're talking about the deaths, but while yeah. I'm talking about that, while I'm talking about Flynn, that was a bit I, I didn't particularly love the I'm coming to get you. Oh, you have too many people. Now I'm leaving you, but I'll be back for you. I didn't think that that was totally necessary to have him come and get them twice and mm -hmm. be upset about it twice. Um, particularly because when he came back, even though he told Doyle that he needed to lose the people he was with, Doyle explicitly told him that they were all going to be there when he came back with the helicopter. Um, so uh, that is a cool sequence, though. Also, Flynn does not give a fuck about Sam flying off to his death. Nope. At not all. even a little bit. <laughs> not even a, the tiniest of bits. Flynn basically flips Sam off on his way, falling, <laughs> plummeting to his death. Um, but so that's a cool, that's a cool sequence. Then we get to Doyle's sacrifice, where mm -hmm. he basically uh, pushes the car enough that they are able to continue to drive but in doing so he gets a flamethrower to his back yeah. and catches on fire which it's... i i didn't i i thought i was going to be upset because as soon as he said he was going to get out of the car i was like oh he's dying yeah, but I, I actually did like the way that the sequence played out by the end of it and i do think it was smart to take doyle out as early as you possibly could, because I do think with him, you get into that 
Rick Grimes, yeah. I can almost do anything. Yeah. There's no danger when you're around me feeling. And also he was their lifeline to Flynn. So mm-hmm. I feel like when you take him out, it causes this, okay, they're a little bit more vulnerable feeling because although Scarlett is trained, she was not meant to be on duty or like uh, in combat. Yeah. She's more so meant to be in the lab. Um, so I do think that by taking him out, you give more attention to that last bit yeah and you also wonder if flynn is gonna follow through with what he said and i you know he had a he had his little hero's death i did like the way that it was played out where he tells scarlet like oh yeah i'll meet you there but you know that he's just saying that to make them feel better and you know that he knows that there's there's no coming back from this so that that ended up being a cool scene i ended up actually liking it much more than i thought i was going to okay yeah, I, I still enjoy that sequence, and it's just one of those, it's a me thing, but him getting flamethrower, I'm just like, clearly, he's not infected. I know, they're under <laughs> orders to kill everything, mm-hmm. so I know, it makes sense that they would flamethrower him. But, like, the guy holding the flamethrower, I just feel like you can clearly see what this guy, he's pushing a car, what rager has pushed the car? <laughs> anyway. I, I think right. it just upsets me because I, I do like that character. So it's like it, it sucks to lose him, but he's a necessary mm-hmm. death. Uh, yeah. But. And I guess it's it's like they also have orders where if any of them are helping civilians, it seems, because that's why Flynn doesn't want to pick them up is because if they try and land with all of them in, in there, he said they would get gunned down. But also at the same time, I'm like, don't, why would you go back to London though? You should probably yeah. fly so elsewhere. Back to the States, baby. Go back to them yeah. hot dogs and hamburgers. Truly. Uh, but then, then there is a uh, Scarlet. Oh Scarlet. That death is just, I think, I think it really just annoys me because of the way it was shot. I think that really bugs me more than anything else because <laughs> it's just like, the night vision, the the way that she gets hit on the head, it's hard to, like, say, it's hard to explain it, but, like, when you see it visually, it very much is like a, this gun is not hitting this person, but they're reacting the best that they can, and it just doesn't play well for me. Right. Well, because I even was wondering if, I, didn't, I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be hitting her head or if it was hitting elsewhere on her body, but it was just, we were just seeing through the scope and seeing her face. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit confused. I'm okay. So I'm on the fence about this sequence because to one extent, I actually thought it was pretty cool to see everything through the night vision. And then the sequence goes on too long. Too long. And it starts to get. <laughs> starts to get a little funny because only scarlet can see and she's doing a very poor job of telling these kids where to go she's (laughs) freaking them out because anytime they're even about to step on on anything scarlet goes no no stop and like (laughs) freaks the fuck out of these kids tells them to move to the left moves to the right there's they're stepping over dead bodies and there's (laughs) And there's one point where she's like, oh, I can see. Like, because they say, we can't see anything. And she goes, it's okay. I can see. I've got the night scope on, whatever. (laughs) And then a little, and then like a few minutes after that. (laughs) A few minutes after that. (laughs) A few minutes after that, Tammy. Tammy fucking falls down the stairs. (laughs) 
You're wrong for that. <laughs> what? Well, like, it's like it's the timing of everything. <laughs> because you can't say, "Oh, I can see." <laughs> I'll be your eyes. <laughs> I've got you guys. Like everything's fine. <laughs> and then, and then let them fall down the stairs <laughs> because they tumble like down a they whole flight tumble. of stairs. And it's like Tammy falls. <laughs> Why does Andy fall? Andy, <laughs> Andy's behind Tammy. Tammy goes trips over a dead body, falls down the stairs. Instead of stopping, Andy just falls down the stairs right after Tammy. And then somehow after falling down the stairs, they're both missing. Missing. They're not even at the bottom of the stairs anymore. They're gone. And so then Scarlet runs down the stairs. She's screaming for them. This is another thing that irritates me when you're screaming for someone and they don't answer. Even though they can <laughs> even hear Even though they you. can hear you because we do see that both Tammy and Andy can hear scarlet screaming for them nobody says anything until scarlet walks up on tammy and she goes i can't find andy how you guys both <laughs> fell down the same flight of stairs he fell immediately Basically after hand you in hand. yes you guys fell like jack and jill down the <laughs> stairs and somehow andy is across the train station she finds tammy and then don shows up and beats scarlet to death and it just happens so quickly it happens it's really chaotic it's i think out of everybody scarlet's death for how important of a character she was it just felt a little bit lackluster mm -hmm. because it doesn't it, there was no fight put up it really does because we can't see what is happening it really does feel like Scarlet just kind of stood there while he took the gun from her and just Started. knocked her to the ground. Yeah. And it's just such a bummer. I understand. Like I said, Scarlet was not, she's not trained for combat necessarily. And she was hurt at that point. But it, it just, it's really, really hard to tell what's going on. And then she gets beaten up and then that's kind of it <laughs> yeah that's a wrap on her it's yeah it's unfortunate and yeah i still think it looks pretty damn goofy but kind of is what it is um and then even with the last <laughs> bit mm -hmm. it's i don't know like it's okay and like i i don't like that i just land on it it's okay um because like i just feel like we go on this journey and then by the end there's something about this last sequence that i feel like should be so emotionally impacting like i feel like i should feel something far more than what i was feeling every time i watch it but when she has to gun down her dad after he straight up bites <laughs> Poor yeah. Andy. I'm like, I don't feel anything. I, I feel like that's wrong for how high how high the emotional stakes for this scene should be. I am kind of upset with myself that I just feel numb every time I get to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'll actually agree with you there. It's interesting, just speaking as this whole final half in general, it's interesting because I think I discussed this on the 28 Days Later episode. I'm not sure. But the very first time that I watched 28 Days Later, 
I remember not loving the second half of that movie. I remember feeling like it really slowed down the pace and thinking that it felt so different than the first half and really checking out for that. And then upon rewatches, that changed. And Mm -hmm. I really was invested in the story that was being told in the second half just as much as I was in the first half. I felt differently in this film in the sense of, for the most part, I actually was pretty invested in this movie the whole time. I think it's because there was so much action going on that it was really able to keep my attention because there's not so much of a story to pay attention to in this one that it was just easy, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like This movie to me was an easy watch because... It's pretty laid out, tried and true. Yeah, Yeah, cut and dry. dry. Especially when you get to what the mission is. Like, okay, get to the extraction point. Yeah. Well, I know what the rest of the movie is going to be. Right. It's like, okay, so we're protecting these kids. But the issue with how cut and dry this movie is, is especially for a character like Dawn, who I think for the most part in the beginning, I feel the most emotionally connected to and then gets taken out. And then you're left with really these kids that are kind of supposed to feel, I think, like the heart of the film. But there are no moments in this movie where you get to connect to them as people and not just as, oh, they're kids. Mm. That's all I felt for them in this is I was like, they're kids Mm -hmm. and they might be they're important and they're kids but i didn't feel much for them as just humans and like emotionally i didn't have any stakes in them and although i like scarlet i felt the same about her i didn't feel emotionally connected to her i wasn't worried about something happening to her i think i liked her the most just as a character in general but even when she got taken out i wasn't upset Um, and so there's no, there's none of those like just moments of light in this film where there's just time to connect to the characters. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, because it's more action heavy and less story heavy, I don't think I ever really saw these people as human beings that I wanted to like really, really wanted to persevere Mm -hmm. in the same way that I did in, in days. Because in days, anytime anybody died, it really, really felt like it affected things. And you really wanted everybody to succeed. Mm-hmm. But whereas in this one, by the end of it, I'm not necessarily... It sucks that Doyle and Scarlet don't make it, but I'm not... It doesn't. It didn't affect the story to me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like, oh man, now they're going to get to the the helicopter and like because even and there's gonna be no doyle because it's like even flynn and yeah flynn and doyle had a relationship but it wasn't like they were that close where it even affects him it's like oh okay (laughs) it's like okay i guess i'll take yeah Yeah. i guess i'll take you guys and so yeah by the end of it even with andy getting bitten um a i don't feel that emotionally connected to him why why should why didn't you bite tammy I don't understand. Like, right? You left Tammy. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I, well, just I feel like for the plot, right? Because we know mm. as the audience that he has the eye thing, so he's going to also be immune. Uh, I mean, right? It's, not, it's implied that he's going to be immune, 
But Tammy, on the other hand, I don't think has the eye discoloration. So it would be a little bit more stressful if she got bit because we, we don't, don't know. know. We don't yeah. know. Yeah. Also, he had Tammy literally right there when he was beating Scarlet up and did not did do anything not to her. Do anything. And went straight for Amdi. Amdi. <laughs> and went straight for Amdi. Um, but yeah, that's true. It's it's we know because they made such a big deal about it earlier in the movie and how that's been passed down from his parents to him. We kind of are very aware that Andy is most likely going to be asymptomatic. So I know they try and play it off like, oh, is he is he infected? But we basically know he's not. (laughs) That's the whole reason we've been. (laughs) I I almost feel like that would have been really interesting if he had gotten infected and we found out that whole thing was for nothing, that they aren't asymptomatic. It didn't get passed down from the mom. She was literally the only person who had that. And they thought these kids had it, especially because she never got to test them or anything. Mm -hmm. I do think it would have been very, like it would have been interesting to see them, Andy get infected, turn around and bite Scarlett and then we cut to Flynn waiting. Nobody shows up and he just leaves. Yeah, like, or it's just something out of the norm of the expected ABC plot for these kinds of infection films. Um, mm-hmm. Where it's just like, you know, the last survivor is going to get there and then they're going to do the thing. Even at the end, when you find out the outbreak has spread to other places, you're like, yeah, I mean, that's part of the course for this. Like, this is the kind of thing right. that happens. Also, I was just sitting here thinking about it, and I didn't even realize in another chapter of The Kids Are Not Alright, aka how me and my brother single-handedly destroyed the world, Andy just got bitten, and both him and Tammy are super excited to realize that he is still himself, allegedly. But neither one of them knew about this immunity aspect. Neither one of them knew that this was a factor for them or their mother. And... Neither one of them really knows what it means that he's been bitten is not changing. And so it could be fair to say that they don't realize that just because he didn't change doesn't mean he's not still infected. And I mean, he is just his clavicle got bit all the way up. He is bleeding profusely from his wound and they get to Flynn and they don't say anything. Get onto Flynn's helicopter. Don't say anything. And presumably go to an area that does not have the infection and he's, he's going to get worked on by a doctor who does not know what is going on because I doubt that him and Tammy are going to say anything. They're going to say nothing because I know them. I know them at this point. They're going to say nothing. And perhaps they spread the infection. Perhaps Andy spreads the infection. And so in a way, maybe it was just kind of a moot point to try and deliver these kids. Because they seemingly do more harm than good. They are killing me. And killing the entire world, presumably. Um, Because, yeah, this is a big deal. I understand why Flynn was basically like, screw these people. Because at the end of the day, they really don't care about anybody but themselves. And like I said, Andy was a pretty proactive character. But by the end of it, it's very much hard to tell if he's even the same type of person that he was before. And so and if it's left up to Tammy, I know she ain't gonna say shit. So who knows? Maybe they spread the infection. But 
I don't know. I just was thinking about other ways that these kids kind of kind of mess things up big time. And I think that this is a pretty big one. But yeah, we ended and we see all the ragers running to go check out the Eiffel Tower. And we hear some some calls for help mm-hmm. um, that they need some assistance over there in, in France. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's weird because this movie to me is a lot of cool has some some cool sequences mm-hmm. and has some moments where i am really interested in seeing like even the even though i feel like the whole lockdown situation was kind of bizarre um i did like that scene i thought that that was a really cool scene where all of the people are just trapped in this room and they're all like as the infection spreads from person to person, I thought it was kind of funny how Andy was just like crowd surfing <laughs> <laughs> amongst the people to get to the air duct. But even that scene I thought was really cool how you see how quickly it spreads and just the panic and you can't tell who's infected and you don't know who's okay and like how it's only the flashlight as light. That whole sequence was really cool. And this movie is kind of full of stuff like that where there's moments where i'm like that was a really cool sequence i just think overall the story was just a little lacking for Mm me and normally i really really enjoy these kind of like chaperone tales where it's like all right we got to get this person over here and like keep them safe right normally i really love those those stories but i just think the biggest thing that was missing for me was there was not enough time because of the nature of the story that they were telling. It all happened so quickly. And so there was never enough time to watch relationships form. The only relationship you really can see is that the kids obviously feel this way towards the adults that are with them because they are their protection. And like, obviously they don't want to be alone. They're scared. But I wish we had gotten more than that so that i could have felt that same like emotional weight to these characters as i did in the original one no i absolutely agree with you and i think honestly what you were talking about about like the light of this film and like those connections really hones in on an issue that i have not only with this movie in particular but a lot of transitional movies similar because i think like Train to Busan and Train to Busan Peninsula are a mm. great example of this same thing happening oh, again. Oh, yeah. Where you mm-hmm. transition from that first film that does spend time on character development and character relationships to a more action-focused sequel where you kind of put those things to the side and just watch the spectacle of things. I think that we have seen through the lengthy time this genre has been around that you need that light in there. And those human connections are actually very important, even if they're not necessarily the most exciting things at the time. What they do for the story as a whole is just paramount. Like we saw that with The Last of Us, even during our conversation with that, is like these character relationships, you need you need these slice of life moments, right? You need in 28 days, You even if you don't like the grocery scene or the picnic scene, You need those scenes because you need to see these people as people so that when they're in danger, you are afraid for people and not for characters. Mm -hmm. And so I think the issue, like you said, with this one 
and movies like it is the characters, because we don't get to spend time with them, we don't care as much when they're in mortal peril. And mortal perils, like the whole thing with zombie films and like infection and end of the world stuff, is you have people, you have the few people left alive. And we should care whether or not these people live or die. Mm -hmm. And if all I'm caring about is the car chases and the explosions, then I'm missing the point of things. Right. No. Yeah, I agree with you. And and there's kind of going off of even just like the scare scale that I gave. There is a feeling I think that is missing for me in this one of. At the end of the day, the military is more feels like more of the threat in this one than the ragers which mm-hmm. i think just kind of becomes the nature in infection movies if you're going to do a pretty big jump into the future yeah. you can't always rely on the infected to be the enemies anymore however in this case we're not that far in the future and also we're dealing with a brand new infection once again and so I do like that to a certain degree. I do actually kind of enjoy this feeling of like the people that are supposed to be protecting you are now your biggest enemy and you, how do you navigate that? How, uh, how do you go against these people who are so familiar with the protocol and the way that things are supposed to work and have these very specific orders and are not going to go against that? Like, how do you deal with that? But I do feel like there was just a little bit of a it wasn't as balanced for me, I think, in Mm. this one as I would have liked it to be. And because there is a time where it's like all of a sudden the military don't matter. It it, it almost feels like that kind of gets forgotten. And then we're back to the Ragers. And then all of a sudden that gets forgotten. Then we're back to the military. And so there's just... A li- it's just not as balanced for me as as I was kind of hoping that it would be. And like even with Stone, like I don't know what the fuck happens yeah. to him. He sits <laughs> he in that chair disappears. and you know what? Legend says he's in that chair he's, to this very yeah. day. <laughs> I've heard it been told once <laughs> or twice that you can still find Stone sitting in that room shaking his head and staring <laughs> at a screen. Um, but yeah, even even just stuff like that where... I think we just needed to be a little bit more definitive at times about the focus and the problem. And I think if we had leaned a little bit more one way or the other, that we could have had more time to add in just little moments here and there with our characters. Um, But it just feels really split because like, I almost wish that we had gotten rid of the ragers just definitively had Mm -hmm. like eradicated all of them and then the military was still coming for us like Mm -hmm. i almost wish we had gotten some version of that or some like moral dilemma with keeping alice alive after they find her like she doesn't respread the infection but it's the side maybe a family story now like that's my wife in there yeah but she's Mm -hmm. infected yeah but she's asymptomatic like where that story would have gone or just something Mm -hmm. a, a little bit more i think grounded in human nature yeah yeah i agree because like i said this is a very easy watch and i enjoyed watching it Mm -hmm. but i do think that i felt a little bit more hands-off with this movie than i did with 28 days later um and you know i hate to compare them but at the same time um 
it's the same story. It is the same. It's a connection to that story. And so, yeah, it was, I still had a good time with it. I still had an enjoyable time watching it. And I was not at all upset with the story that was told. I actually, for the most part, like I said, I was very intrigued by the direction that they were going. Um, But I think by the end of it, it didn't feel, I I don't know if it was a story that needed to be told, Mm -hmm. I guess I should say, by the end of it. I feel that heavy. (laughs) But that being said, I guess we should figure out what we want to go ahead and rate this one out of. True. Anything pop into your head? Hmm. We could rate it out of uh, killer, killer kisses. Killer kisses. We might have that one more. We might have that in the future for something though. We might, but it's a pretty prevalent <laughs> part of this story. Killer kisses. It is. Killer kisses are like sneaky siblings. Oh. Are my two my two thoughts. I don't know which one's going to be more used in the future, though. Sneaky siblings <laughs> or killer kisses? Um, I think I'll vote killer kisses. Okay. I'm down for killer kisses. All right. Um, so since uh, your first time checking out 28 Weeks Later, how about you go first? Let us know. What's your rating? Okay. Okay. Um, I think I'm actually going to give 28 Weeks Later. You know, I, I think I'm going to give it... Three point, like a three point four. Okay. Killer kisses, because like I said, I enjoyed this movie for the most part. I thought it was entertaining. I thought that the story, like the pacing of it, was really fast. There was never a moment where I felt myself getting bored or checking out. I was pretty into the story the entire time. Stylistically, it fits. 28 days later for me like back to back i do think that these movies fit as far as their style and their tone despite this one leaning more into the action and there's some sequences in this movie that really impressed me i think that they're very good some sequences that are going to be in my head for a while that i'll think back on this movie and go oh that was a really good moment or that was a really good chase scene and i especially enjoyed those ones i think just overall for me it was just right in the middle kind of and i think that's fine i don't think every zombie movie needs to necessarily be groundbreaking or trying new things treading new territory But I do think if you're to be within the 28 Days Later kind of series, that movie laid such a fantastic groundwork for this really intense character film that was then kind of mashed together with a zombie movie. And so this one just felt like it strayed away from that and went more down the more kind of conventional zombie route. And I really was missing that for this film like that was the aspect that was missing for me is the characters and the story overall although i like the direction that they were trying to go into by the end of it i just don't like the execution of it there was a lot of things that i think bugged me more than excited me or made me feel like they made like it tracked for the story and so by the end of it i guess i was just kind of wondering if it was a necessary story or if it just felt more like 
a story that was used to bring this to a more global infection. So yeah, I don't know. That was that was kind of the only thing that kind of brought it down is just not as didn't stick with me as much as I as I was hoping that it would. So for that, it's three point four killer kisses out of five. Okay, uh, I'm gonna be in a similar realm, uh, but I'm gonna say three out of five killer mm. kisses. And that is a rating that has moved a lot over the years. Um, <laughs> definitely was leaning in the lower side. And I think, honestly, it has gone up. Uh, so I have lightened up towards this movie uh, the more that I watch it. It's just, I agree with you. There is something about by the time you're done with the film that just doesn't hit in the same way that the original did. And after this conversation, I do think a lot of that comes from just the characters that we're following and our connection to them overall, I think isn't as strong as it was towards the initial group in the first movie. Um, and so, yeah, that new emphasis on action and a bit larger scope in regards to the whole story, it lends to some cool stuff. And I will admit that like there are some fun sequences and you're totally right this movie's really easy to watch it's a fun mm -hmm. if you just go into this as like i'm gonna watch a fun action film you'll probably have a decent time like even if you never saw the first one mm -hmm. but i think in terms of like wanting something with as much substance as the the original i didn't find that here nor have i found it um on subsequent watches um and for that, it's it's disappointing for me because I don't think the movie is bad. I just think it's a step in a direction that I don't necessarily prefer. Um, but all that being said, there is things to be enjoyed here. And if people maybe watched it once after seeing the original, if they're like me and just like really didn't like it the first time, I would recommend they give it another shot. Just, you know, go at the movie mm -hmm. the way that it's presenting itself and just go along for the ride see if maybe you like it a second time through or if you're just not rocking with this one that's fine but <laughs> it's not all bad like you said it's not the worst story in this universe that could have been told and overall as far as just a blanket action film it's not too bad so three out of five killer kisses from me all right well that is it for our discussion on 28 weeks later we don't always cover sequels but when we do it's always a treat. Um, and we usually cover it like a year and a half after we talk about <laughs> the first one. Um, but we'd like to hear what you guys think of this movie and I guess just of the the series in the general. And franchise now. Yeah. And if you guys would have ever, I liked to see a sequel or a third. I know that it was in discussion at one point and I think it's kind of just been like really it's, pushed to the back burner. Yeah, it's uh, in the works, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you guys want to talk to us about this one, you can always talk to us on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer to email us, we are homies of horror at gmail.com. You can always come into our Discord as well. Discord is where we hang out with the homies throughout the week and discuss all things horror. If you would like to come in there and say hello, we'd love for you to. The link for that is in our social media bios. And if you're listening to this 
on Monday. That means that we are streaming on Twitch tonight. Twitch is where we play spooky games with the homies, hang out, have a couple drinks, a couple laughs, a couple screams. So if that sounds like something that you're interested in, the link for that is also in our social media bios. And last but never least, if you are so inclined, we would very much appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or a review. You can do both on Apple Podcasts. The more we get, the better. Recommends our show to more listeners. And we just kind of like to hear what you guys are thinking of the show. So if you have an Apple account and haven't done that, we'd love for you to. Or you can do it over on Spotify. You can rate us by hitting the stars underneath our name to leave a rating. But that is it for us, homies. We hope that you guys have enjoyed the deep dive into 28 weeks later. And we are looking forward to hanging out with you guys again next time. Catch you next time, homies. Bye.